The principle is very like photography. Only instead of photographing a man's face, you photograph his voice. Then 20 years later, just as you'd open a photograph album, you simply put the relevant cylinder into the paleophone and you listen to a poet reading his, reading his poems or singing a song. And you think uh, you could invent a machine like that? Which worked? For Christ's sake, let's get possible. the fuck out of here. We can't. Why not? He's about to start reading. What's up, guys? You're listening to Shine Sound. It's a drive-time film radio show. My name is Yutha Shite, and with me as always is... It's Finn Sound Nicholas. What up, Finn? Well, sorry. What up, Sound? <laughs> and this week we're doing... Sound? <laughs> and this week we're doing um, a big focus on New Zealand film. Yep. Uh, what, are, what is your favorite... What is the most recent New Zealand film you've seen? Uh, this town. Oh yeah, uh, shite or sound. Uh, shite. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, um, I saw Stray last year or the year before. That that was that was very good, but I haven't been catching up. But I've been thinking a lot recently about daffodils. Did you see daffodils? Uh, I, I saw daffodils. Yeah. Shite or sound. Uh, shite. Yeah. The yeah. Re- real, real, real mess. That one. Um, and, and part of the pain of the mess is that um, it's. Daffodils is an incredible play. Right. As a live experience, it all works. Mm. Like you feel it and you're there. And it just shows how few creative decisions can create that distance between like characters and audience where you're just like, fuck you. <laughs> like there are two bits of daffodils I think about. No, three. Uh, one is when she gets in a taxi in Wellington and arrives at Hamilton Gardens. <laughs> so you just cannot get from Lambton Quay. It just does not work that way. Um, this uh, The second is, of course, when they're having a happy middle-class existence in the 80s yeah. and singing There Is No Depression in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, and then the third is when she finds out that her boyfriend of a couple of weeks at this point is going away and coming back. And her response is to sing Anchor Me. <laughs> and I have just never... And uh, in the play, that moment is devastating. But in the film, my only response was like, Harden up. <laughs> You're in a colonized nation. Well, there are two bits of it that I think about that movie yeah. a lot. The first is like right at the beginning of the film, we see the one person of color in the entire movie who is a shop owner, and the movie starts with the hero of the movie and his hoodlum friends uh, stealing a case of beer from this uh, from the one person of color in the movie yeah. uh, while, while singing the song Bliss. Yeah. And then the other part I think about is when. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Drink. Oh, so okay. So here, more so here's here's the thing. Uh, for some reason, my my sister who is for some reason for some reason my my sister who is uh, 21 years old uh, loves the song Bliss. It's a it's a great like, song. Sure, but like, it but is like, definitely yeah, my favorite song where they're clearly singing the word piss. <laughs> so yesterday, my, my sister had some friends over, and uh, ju- just before I left to go to an election night party. Uh, her and her friends were listening to Bliss. 
and then when I came home at two o'clock in the morning, they were listening to Bliss again, <laughs> and so it just seemed like they'd been listening to Bliss for uh, for about uh, six hours. Um, yep, that's how we can time state the uh, time stamp this week's episode. It is the Sunday after Chloe Swalbrick won yeah. Auckland Central. What? Uh, it, it was so fucking good last night. The other part of Daffodils, I think about a lot. This couple have been been together for ages. It's been like it's been like years, right? We've been together the entire time that, that they've been together. The wife has been assuming that her husband has been cheating on her, and it finally like all comes to head while they're at like a beach house, and she like finally says to him, oh, "I think you've been cheating on me." And him, instead of saying, uh, "No, you've 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 got it mistaken. There's been a terrible misunderstanding," he just sort of like stands there and the camera spins around him, and he just goes, <laughs> and then she leaves, and then uh, their marriage is over, and then they never see each other again. And, and except then he sings, for, "When I needed you most, yeah. I didn't have language. I couldn't oh. find language." And he was like, "That's the most obvious thing in the world." The reason I think about the anchor me bit is that there are several other uses of that song in New Zealand film. There's a short film whose name I cannot remember, um, especially. Um, that really affect me, right. uh, and yet that moment—that moment in Daffodils—makes me dislike that that song now. And I had—we had very different experiences seeing this film. I had a very similar experience with Bruce Springsteen seeing "Blinded by the Lights." Yeah, um, and that I like—I'm—I'm I'm aware of Springsteen's hits, uh, "Born on the Fourth of July." Uh, he he works in a warehouse. State uh, trooper. You're a big fan of that one. Um, yeah. I, uh, oh, I'm just a working man. Uh, yeah. Look at my jeans. Um, <laughs> and I know you had kind of similar experience watching yesterday. And I thought it would be interesting on this New Zealand film focused episode of our Drive Time Radio yep. show. Let's just quick do a call in. Hey, we've got a caller. Hi, I'm calling. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's all you need to do. They just yep. love. They just love the attention, don't you? Yes, we do. Bye. <laughs> um, uh, is like, what if we found two works that are about artists that deliberately like invoke artists, mm. and see what it is like hypothetically when there's one where you kind of know the art of the person. Let's say, for instance, Verlaine and Rimbaud, yeah. the the poets, and, and then let's see if there is a work of art that is kind of dependent on your knowledge of an artist that we don't have, for instance, um, the film that was later titled The Colour of Pomegranates. Uh, and I think we should watch those together and, and then talk about them on this Drive Time podcast. And, of course, along the way, we'll be doing the standard uh, tricks and pranks you'll be expecting uh, in half an hour. I'm going to call up um, David Seymour. Oh, yeah. Uh, say there was an accounting error, uh, and actually it's, he didn't get 8%. He got eight votes total. Um, uh, including in the electorate. Yeah, he, he's going to get back on that speedboat and he's going to you know, drive. <laughs> he, yeah. Um, my local MP, we're in, you're in Seymour Town. Oh, there no. are two, in the top 30 on Acts list, there are two people called David Seymour. Right, okay, okay, thank you. Because I, I saw... I saw last night when I was watching the results come in, there was an act person in a place that wasn't Epsom called David Seymour. I was like, oh, it's David Seymour moved electorate. Great, he's losing. This is fantastic. I mean, okay, so it's a different David Seymour. That's fucked. That, sh- that should be illegal. I <laughs> People having the same name. I mean, like, like have have the same rules like fucking like Screen Actors Guild. Oh, you know, okay. If you got the same name, just like you got you got to go change it to someone else. Or if, put if a you're number in, on the if end. you're in the same political party, you know, yeah, fucking change it. I but like 
Also, I, I don't think there should be allowed to be a person in, in national called Amy Adams. I think that's <laughs> fucked. I mean, I think it's ruder for Amy Adams to also work as a screen actor. I think it's much more confusing when it is the same person. I don't, because Amy Adams in national is is Amy Adams, is Lois Lane oh, arrival okay. herself. Well, she, she, she really disappears into a role. Yeah, she... Um, and people still don't know. She refuses to answer, like, which is the mask. It's like mm. Batman and Bruce Wayne. It changes. Yeah. So that's my intro. Right. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. Fine. It's just, it's, 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 it's hard to encapsulate these films. It, 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 it is. One for good reasons, I think. Uh, and one for very, <laughs> very poor reasons. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors, or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. This week we watched number 86 on the Sight and Sound list, Sergei Parajanov's Syat Nova, a surrealist and impressionistic account of the life of an Armenian poet. Our second film this week is Total Eclipse, starring David Foolis as Edward Cullen and Leonardo DiCaprio as Bella Swan. Yeah, 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 that that's pretty good. Yeah. The the third movie in the Twilight Saga. <laughs> Total Eclipse. Oh, yeah. Directed by David Slade. Directed by David Slade. Um, who we just need to come up with a name for the David Slade mini series. <laughs> thirty Davids of Slade. <laughs> we just have to find thirty things he's directed with T V. Okay. I'm I'm not watching T V for this podcast. I mean Except on the Fastbinder series. Yeah. Yeah. And Khan. The Christoph Kislovsky story, which is just us telling the story that we don't know of Christoph Kislovsky. So I think he started as a documentarian. I think. Well, yeah. Well, we 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 know we know one of the points in the story, which is that he worked with uh, he worked with Agnieszka Holland uh, to write uh, to write Free Colors Blue, I and mean, then she went on to direct a movie that we're going to talk about in about two hours. <laughs> no, not two hours, no, please. No, my no, goal I, I, for this is for my audio recorder to not roll over past two hours twenty minutes. Yeah, no, I, I think I think this might be one of one of the short ones. Well, because yeah, what can we say? Yeah, so our first movie this week is The Color of Pomegranates, uh, which is the name that most people know it under. Its original name is Syat. Nova. It is based on the life of an Armenian poet called Syat Nova. Yeah, an an ancient one, right? Like, uh, he's I, pretty I, old. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And so this movie is incredibly steeped in very specific Armenian cultural references and Armenian music and Armenian poetry. And uh, 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 we 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 have no idea what happened in the movie. Basically, <laughs> well, so and, it, and it, it, it's also worth flagging up front that it is a abstract film. Yes. It is a sequence of like moving images of art yeah. more than any kind of a story. Yeah, it is eighty minutes of incredibly well framed shots with impeccable art direction. Yeah, where you can't. In a sense, it, it is supposed to tell yeah. the story of his birth and life and death, but really, it's just a lot of people in like in very uh, cool costumes, sort of standing in the middle of a frame and going, "Hmm, oh, yeah. oh life is suffering." Hmm. Yeah, they, they're. Oh, I'm it... on a scaffold now. <laughs> life is suffering. <laughs> 
they do say grief and suffer yeah so much and i would relate to it so hard any day but the day after the crushing defeat of the center right block in new zealand just like a, a couple of my favorite quotes from movie uh in this healthy and beautiful life only i have been made to suffer why is it so brother of mine in soul and blood grief Grief, inconsolable grief. <laughs> you left us, but but we were living wrapped you, so that in the next life you may burst forth like a butterfly from your cocoon. I the the film I want to compare it the most to in some ways. Uh, uh, well, it's, it's not a film; it's a double bell, which is our uh, Unche Andalou and uh, Begotten yeah. double bell, and that they're both. Uh, I just want to say that is the first time you've ever said you've ever like correctly remembered Begotten's name the I, first I, go. I also did it while we were talking earlier. Yes. and then I secured it in my brain um, uh, and it's not becoming it's not a Hannibal episode oh sorry I, I forgot my, my favourite quote which oh, yeah, is uh, give these chickens to the virgins <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that scene a bit later because I want to there's a lot I want to see what about is that, even though. a scene um, <laughs> yeah. but is, is that both Unshin Andalou and Begotten are films that are trading on western cultural ideas mm. um, and in Begotten's case religious ones so even when you're looking and at it Unshin Andalou's one uh, like how how scary it would be to have ants come out of your hand. <laughs> I mean that. Yeah, yeah. That uh, weirdly, no. I was going to say only a Western concern. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think uh, ants emerging in any situation is negative. Oh yeah, I, I was just watching Tetsuo the Iron Man last <laughs> night. Uh, which, like, if you haven't seen that movie, uh, it's fucked. Yeah. But it's super good. Uh, it's, v- v- it's my second favorite film that could be called The Driller Killer. That's not true. I have not seen Driller Killer. No, but, and but, I but do we'll, not we'll see it in about, in, in about 30 episodes. Oh, and we can talk about video nasties. Yeah. But so in, uh, in, in Tetsu of the Iron Man, that movie opens with... With, uh, with Robert a man, Jr. It, it opens with a man who was only credited as the metal fetishist, uh, <laughs> yeah. slicing open his uh, slicing open his thigh and then shoving a piece of rebar into his thigh. And then he and then he looks down and sees that the wound is just filled with maggots. And uh, that's how the movie opens. I it only gets <laughs> it only gets weirder and more fucked up from there. Are you, how are you feeling about your thesis uh, at this point? Oh, like I'm I'm thinking if if I'm able to. Uh, Make some serious work on it by the end of the month. I'll 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 have it in the bag. Oh, great! That's cool because I feel like uh, once that's done, you should never watch another film. <laughs> I, I I feel like for yourself, you just need to climb some hills. Okay, but here, here's the thing. Uh, tonight, I'm going to watch uh, Tetsuo Two Body Hammer. <laughs> That's the one where he had a budget, where he wasn't just making it in his bedroom. Uh, I, eh? I, I think so. Yeah. Oh Jesus! I, <laughs> I like. I get it. Yeah. But it is such an unappetizing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, look, no, yeah, no. It, it's it's a movie I'm never going to recommend to anyone. Uh, I don't know. You recommend some odd films. Yeah. When you're like mm, the extended vision of love exposure is in my top ten for the year. Is extended 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 version of the Forest of Love. Oh, uh, I've I've not seen the six hour cut of Love Exposure, but I um, do want to. I read the Parents Guide for Love Exposure, uh, and, and I recommend other people do it if they, you know, don't. Uh, is nah nah yeah. I'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah, but n- yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I can think of no director who I would like recommend to people less than 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 Sean Soto. Oh, Uve, a director that I like a lot. Uve, 
Uh, yeah, no, that's true. The thing about Color of Pomegranates is, I, uh, I just, I wish if I had, if I had ten percent cultural understanding, yeah. this film would make more sense to me. And because I don't, and am frankly just unwilling to do that. It, like it's beautiful. It looks so good. Yeah, it's exactly mm. the right length. Mm. I would say, um, but I just don't know what you're going to say to break down this film. Yeah, so uh, I, I think in a sense the best way to to talk about this film is just list images because that's what this film is. It's a list of incredible images. I, I oh, have yeah. to say, you know, a film is good when its opening is extensive notes on the fi- on the film's restoration. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, and, and you're like, oh, one title of this, you spoil us. They're like, four, the first minute is yeah. a reading. Yeah, to- there's like four different titles explaining like different parts of a restoration <laughs> process. Um, and, and another one at the end. And there's also like a opening credits. And then there's another opening statement that's like, this is not historically accurate. Yeah. As if someone would walk away from this room being like... It was a bit too much like a documentary. Um, like that, that, that's, that's just what Armenia was like in the 1400s. Yeah. But, but clarifying that this is a portrait of an artist by trying to see how they see the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah so, which I think is a great aim, mm, you know? Yeah. This movie is at no point trying to represent reality. It's using the ideas and the poetry of, of this specific artist to try and create a picture of their life. This movie opens with three pomegranates on a table. Yeah. And then they uh, they, they start leaking uh, red pomegranate juice all over the table. and uh, Into the shape of Armenia. Then it cuts to a picture of a knife. Uh, then uh, someone's The stepping knife on... starts bleeding pomegranate yeah, juice does, as yeah. well. Then uh, someone's stepping on grapes. Then a dying fish. Uh, then a child doing a shitty headstand. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then there's about 78 more minutes of that. Yeah, no, and just like a, a woman whole looking through lace. Yeah. And looking a, through a, slightly as, different colored yeah, lace. As the film goes on, the sets and what is portrayed in them and the like, numbers of people become like larger, more elaborate. Yeah. And everyone kind of gets a turn to stand in at least from my reading, as the author. Yeah. So there, there, there's a sense of, like, a big cast kind of really only playing one character. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it's sort of like, I'm not there. Oh, the, yeah, the, 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 the Dob Bellin one. Yeah, where, like, Ben Whishaw and Kate Blanchett and an African-American child all play Bob Dylan. Yeah, seen it. Uh, I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen the first, like, 40 minutes of it, I think. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Mm. It's just, it's like, it's humorless and feels worthy and, like, work. You know, it's like the judge. Sorry, I just I just saw the judge, and like holy shit! Just for 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 people who've listened from the beginning, the judge is a Jeremy Savile film with a budget. <laughs> like everything about Jeremy Savile makes sense when you see a Jeremy Jeremy Savile leading character played by Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, it's the movie that Robert Downey Jr. made. But he was like, I've got enough clout now that I can like produce my own work. Yeah, and I want to do a big prestige thing. Or, well, or, I want or to win an Oscar. Yeah, whereas he should know that he was uh, gonna uh, get not nominated for an Oscar for playing Iron Man all those times. I mean, it, but like Iron Man has put him in a position where it is now in inevitable that he's going to win yeah for playing uh, for playing dr doolittle are they gonna do us how did dr doolittle uh, bad. do oh so it did little yeah huh. did it do better or uh, worse it, it, it he... wasn't even helped by the fact that tim and guy saw it five times in theaters <laughs> tim and guy they got some pretty bad ideas but yeah. watching a film over and over again that's the worst idea of all time patty schwartz <laughs> party time how many film podcasts can we rip off in a single episode? Uh, Doug loves movies. <laughs>
Why did they make that blank check of Flophouse? Yeah, those are the two we usually steal from. I mean, it, podcasts. It, at this point, it, it, it's clear that my one-sided feud with blank check is going very poorly. Yeah. I've had absolutely no feedback. Uh, and, and also, you, you finally like actually started listening to it, and you realize <laughs> it's a good podcast. <laughs> Cutting that—that's gone. <laughs> uh, and I and I think it. I for a while I was like, God, this means they don't even know we exist. Mm-hmm. But I've worked it out. What it is is they're terrified. They're, ter- they're so they're, they're so scared of just you. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because I'm alone in this. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd like to say to Griffin and David and 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 Ben Hosley, the mm-hmm. producer, Mister Positive, Mister Positive, <laughs> the, the, the Hoz, the show's the part detective, <laughs> the peeper, the meat um, lover, uh, is, not Professor Crispy. I I would like to say I'm, to you. I just want to see how many of. Ben's nickname, I can remember. Because <laughs> um, I know you're listening. I know you're frightened. And that is only making me more powerful. So, yeah, this is a bu- This is the film I have liked the most while understanding the least. Yeah. Except possibly Inland Empire. But, you know, I like. obviously it's a great film. While we're watching it, the movie that it reminded me the most of was a film that I do not like at all, yeah. which, is, uh, which is Alejandro Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain. Oh, yeah. Which, like, every year on Easter Sunday, the best movie theater in Auckland, Academy Cinemas. Uh, An official sponsor of the podcast, the Academy yeah. Cinemas. They play a double feature of Ken Russell's The Devils yeah. and The Holy Mountain. And two years ago, I went and saw both those movies, and I got to see The Devils for the first time, which was an incredible experience. I got to see Holy Mountain, which I'm like, yeah. And yeah. then this year. And it's uh, that kind of disappointment you can really associate with. The Academy Cinema. <laughs> yeah. And then this year, I bought a ticket to a double feature again, and we just didn't bother going to see The Holy Mountain, <laughs> and only went to The Devils. It's worth paying full price for two movies just to go see The Devils, because that movie's incredible. Yeah. But, um... But good one, Ken. Good job, Lair of the White Worm. <laughs> but yeah, so, like, what Holy Mountain does is it's basically, like, a series of weird blackout sketches in this, like, incredibly hyper-stylized world where I- I- everything is about fascism and sex and religion and all of Jodorowsky's dumb, like, psychedelia-induced uh, uh, bullshit ramblings. But, like, that movie feels so much lazier and less crafted than than, than this does. Yeah, every- this film, Color of Pomegranates, feels precise mm. in a way e- that... E- it- every single, like, shot, you'll, you'll be like, oh, I could see this in an art gallery, this would be a great well, yeah, photo. And, and, and like Begotten... Mm. Um, I I would say the best way to experience that is is kind of in a in a yeah. situation where you can kind of tune in and out of it, unless you know um, Armenian culture beyond uh, I believe Captain Disillusion. Good Paul, uh, I'd forgotten he was Armenian. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just knew his parents were of a circus. <laughs> Since we last met, I've watched all of Captain Disillusion. They're, they're good. Yeah. Okay, so we're in the recommendation cave. Recommendation cave. Captain Dissolution, he's a he's a YouTuber, he's a non shit skeptic. Um you got anything Oh, you got anything to recommend? Uh you know what fuck I was recommend Tits over the Iron Man, man, man. Even though I just said I wouldn't recommend it it it, it. Yeah. uh it's fucked. Yeah. It's super good. Uh and I rewatched Mission Impossible Fallout and that film is as good as you remember it. Uh, 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 I also watched a bunch of Martin Scorsese's early short films, 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 films. 
I highly recommend the big shave, shave, shave. My Lady Macbeth finally arrived, so I can get back to, you know, Pew Square One as I do my review of the Puniverse <laughs> in the lead up to oh, Black that, Widow. That should be one of the series we do. Okay. Let, okay. <laughs> it's Drive Time Movie News Corner. <laughs> that was a guitar that turned into a cat very quickly. <laughs> and so we've mm. got all of our callers calling in with their reaction uh, with Anya Taylor Joy playing young Imperio Fu Furiosa in a Fury Road spin off. So we'll, we'll go to you, uh, caller one. Sounds great. We'll go to you, caller two. Um, I'm uh, Steve. I'm from uh, <laughs> Drawing North on Highway One. Is it is it good or is it good or bad news? Um, I, I sort of mixed on it. You know, I I I like Tony Taylor Joy a lot, but I I. Okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> got another well, call. Steve, Steve, you really got you really got to pick up the pace. <laughs> this is this is this is rapid fire. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a third caller. Uh, hi. Yeah, I I agree with the previous guy, but. And I'm just glad that George Miller said, like, we're not doing de-aging because it looked bad in The Irishman. I'm so glad someone could say it. Do, do, do. Yeah, because yeah, absolutely no one's criticised the de-aging The Irishman yet. Yes. Oh, no, he, the phone is it's gone. I was, talk, oh, no, talking? I, was, I was talking to you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I agree. No one has done no, it No yet. one's done it. And now we've got a fourth caller. Hello. I'm, uh, <laughs> let, uh, let's say I'm called Archibald's. Um, not actually, it's a pseudonym, but uh, got, got, you know, can't, it's be, a, it's can't, a, can't be too careful these days. It's a pseudonym for what, Archie? Uh, Steve, fuck, fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're back, Steve. Oh, I'm so I, you're I, just I not. You catch me. I just thought we would just be unironically enthusiastic about this news, but you see it in a more nuanced way. Well, I look as, as much as I like Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, she's I, not I, been in a bad film. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I haven't I, seen the new mutants. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm, 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 it feels like more of like an action person, you know? She can get kind of like grimy in a way that I don't think Anya Taylor-Joy can. Oh, we've got a call. The fifth caller here. Catch me! I'm still human! <laughs> I think we should give Anya Taylor-Joy the chance. <laughs> Anywho. Doot, doot, doot. Okay, so that's our I mean, new yeah, no, yeah, no. I definitely agree with our demon caller just then. I do think <laughs> she should have a chance. Yeah. But, I don't know, it just, just seems like sort of weird casting. I obviously think Angela Joy yeah. is great. Never been in a bad movie. Haven't seen New Mutants. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we have to we have to put New Mutants with Vertigo, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, why? <laughs> I don't know. Just, <laughs> just, or, just because. Or Pink Panther 2. <laughs> Right, I feel like we need to put something like we need and we need to close the loop. Uh, I'm, like I'm, in that film, Spiral. I, I'm sure there's ab there's absolutely like a, a bad movie about a man trying to tip <laughs> trying to turn a woman into his into his dead ex girlfriend. Yeah, but we already watched the test. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. No, a bad Hitchcock, right? There yeah. must be bad Hitchcock out there. Yeah, but like the birds. <laughs> The birds is essentially a torture site. <laughs> the way he was, the way oh. Alfred Hitchcock treated Tippi Hedren oh, no, no. Oh, erases sure, sure. all creative uh, quality in the birds. <laughs> I, I I genuinely believe it is that bad. I'm gonna go see the birds at the academy next month. Oh, well, don't. 
Uh, but it's playing in a double feature with Marnie. Oh. And so if I haven't seen Marnie before and I want to see Marnie. So if I buy a ticket, I'll have to. You hear that they wanted Alfred Hitchcock to make a film sponsored uh, entirely by dogs and McDonald's. No. And it was called Marnie and Me. No. So the color of pomegranates. Yeah. So I, I, Yeah, just see it. Like, yeah. if you like looking at nice pictures for 80 minutes, and, like, an overwhelming feeling I got from this is there's a lot of Cyrillic text on screen because it, it, it's Armenian. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, fuck, the Roman alphabet is ugly. <laughs> like, we really drew the short straw when it came to written... I don't know. Like, here's my thing. At least with the Roman alphabet, uh, I, I, I can read that. Can't read Cyrillic, so it would be very difficult for me if that was the main alphabet we used. Do you... At the risk of going further off topic, do you ever look at other languages that you can't read, written down their text, and you're like, isn't it crazy that people can just look at that and understand it the way I can just look at English or the yeah. Roman alphabet? Yeah, so on Twitter, I, I follow the director Timo Chodanto, who directed The Night Comes For Us. Oh, And though. because he's Indonesian, he posts a lot in Indonesian. Oh, yeah. And yeah, there's just so many times I'm like... Oh, man, that's that's impressive you can do this. <laughs> yeah, two languages. I, 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 I can barely post anything good in English. Oh, I mean, if you posted a bear. What? I'm, I was misunderstanding you deliberately, uh, barely posting. The idea oh, that you were just posting okay. right. bear tweets. This, this is... Like my successful Winnie the Pooh tweet about how Winnie the Pooh's a coward. <laughs> he is. I mean, sure. I'm not going to disagree. They call him Winnie. He should be called Lucy. When does he succeed? He succeeds at at getting at getting honey sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, but I could succeed in, at getting honey now, and I'm a loser. In in the Tigger movie, he he successfully yeah. makes Tigger feel less bad about the fact that he's all alone. I do. oh my god, is that really what the Tigger movie is yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So the Tigger movie is about Tigger like realizing there are no other Tiggers in the world. Rue and Kanga, you know, there's two of them. Yeah, and he's just noticing that like <laughs> there's nothing else like him. He starts to feel really isolated and alone. And so all the creatures of a hundred acre woods, they decide, you know, we're going to get together and we're, we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to pretend, we're going to all dress up like tiggers and pretend that we are, we are like his extended relatives. We're going to go Does to his... buy it? Uh, for, for a while, oh, yeah. But, but, then, but then all the costumes start breaking. So they gaslight yeah, well, they, 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 tiger. Well, they, 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 they try to gaslight him, but then he sees through the ruse eventually. <laughs> Uh, but, but, but then they, they, they all like express to him, you know how how important he is, and that, that it, it's it's okay it's okay to be unique. Is the is the wait is the premise of this that the hundred acre wood is the limits of existence? So there is no there are no beings outside of uh, it. I, I don't know. It's, it's all we see. How does this film propose life continues within the hundred acre wood into the future? It's fucking magic shit. All <laughs> oh, right, we're talking animals. Thanks, Walt. Um, I don't consider the Tiggy movie part of the Winnie the Pooh po- canon. Like, it, it, it's I, I I watched a lot as a child. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> got, changed you. Yeah, that's why you. That's why I love bouncing so much. <laughs> oh, Tiger, uh, uncomfortable name. Yeah, uh, I, look, I, 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 I certainly felt uncomfortable the entire time. I was just saying it. I was like, oh, this, this could so easily go terribly wrong. Yeah, we could be talking about tigers, the lowest of the animals. <laughs> yeah, get rid, <laughs> get rid of those. What are you, a fucking mime? Get, there, get rid of the stripes. <laughs> if there are any tigers listening, I'll fight you. I'll take you on. 
I could like I what you Yufa is Yufa <laughs> is so much his face is so much stronger than Siegfried and Roy's. You um, you you're not gonna be able to take a bite out of him. Would do you believe the story that the Roy the tiger that bit Roy was trying to protect him? I have no idea. I think I, I all I know So the colour of pomegranate shale sound. Like I'm not really sure about what's going on with Siegfried and Roy, but I know that Jan de Bont deserved it. <laughs> What? When he got oh, skelt by a, when he got skelt by a lion shooting raw. I don't know. Like I feel <laughs> So wait, if that happened to Yandermont when he later went on to direct Speed, yeah. No He like... he, he did it scalpless. No. He was just skull out the whole time. Lara Croft Tomb Raider to the Cradle of Life. Yep. Which starts with uh the Tomb Raider herself, Laraton Kraftowski, yeah. um, riding a shark as Twerator horse. Yeah. Uh, after she punches it in the <laughs> face. Uh, and of course, sharks, uh, as you know, their skin is uh, tiny blades uh, arrayed, arrayed like armor that would just <laughs> shred her legs. Do you think that was Jan putting in like a little call out? Like he was thighing her the way she <laughs> he was scalped. Please don't ever say the word thighing again. <laughs> Um, I don't, I'm d- I hope I don't have calls to. <laughs> yeah. How tragic will it be? Like, I call you on the phone, Finn. I've been thighed. I just saw a shark and was like, I have to. Jan de Bont's <laughs> film master's thesis was in opening credits, which mm. I'm so fucking into. I'm so down with him doing that. Uh, yeah, it, 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 every single time I, I think about a, a, a filmmaker who has like a degree in film, I just yep. remember that, that, that like uh, that Steven Spielberg's like thesis film was. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielberg was a film student in the in the seventies. I mean, he he left film school uh, and went went to like Sugarland Express and the first episode of Columbo and Duel and all that stuff. I mean, he he uh, been like years later. He said, like, "You know what? I want to finish my degree." He went back to school and the the film that he handed in as his thesis film was Schindler's List. Imagine being <laughs> in that class. Like they definitely like, graded on a curve, right? It's like everyone else in that class isn't going to get as good a mark, <laughs> even yeah. if someone submitted. The best like student film anyone's ever made yeah. is going to get like a B plus at best. What is Wolfgang Peterson's first film was his student film that became a breakout popular cinema hit in oh. Denmark, I believe. Okay, or or Germany. Well, like, yeah, it's, it's like that, that's a thing that could happen in Denmark. I mean, it could also happen in. I mean, the the real part of that, the more horrific like, like part who, of that who, like story. Like, who else have they got in Denmark making movies? It's just like no one. Yeah. I can't think of one other person. Yeah, now that old what's his face, the dancer in the dark, who no longer exists. Oh no, I was thinking about the other one, the the good one. Oh, Lasse Hellström? No, no, no. Uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, Casper Van Dien. Uh, Volpohoven. Yeah, yeah. Is Jan de Bont also Danish? I don't know. I feel like we're being very racist to a block of countries known for their uh, subtle but pervasive racial purity. Yeah. And, um, and known for having uh, people do blackface at Christmas. Uh, so I'd just like to say to the whole Scandinavian area, I like Kingdom Hospital, the original, and no other work from your countries. I don't like ABBA. Stop trying to make me like ABBA, you fucking... Everyone what? likes ABBA. I don't like ABBA. What don't you like about ABBA? Is, it, the, is it too fun? I, I, I don't find it fun. Like, it's like, what if, do if you I, find fun? If, if I'm going to listen to like... No, di- no, no, no. If I'm going to listen to like disco-adjacent stuff, it's going to be either Donna Summer, or it's going to be all of the post-punk bands that were influenced by disco, like Public Image Limited or Gang of Four. Okay. You know? What makes you happy, though? Go back to... Uh, the- Public Image Limited and Gang of Four, and oh, occasionally yeah. Donna Summer. 
Public Image Limited, all members of whom have gone on Never to done a bad thing. <laughs> Never done a bad o- thing. O- only good opinions for all time. Jar Wobble, perfect track record. I hate that one of my favorite musicians is called Jar Wobble. Upsetting to me. And I don't I don't even know his real name, so I can't just like I can't disrespect him by calling him by his actual name. <laughs> well, that's a complex set of pronouns you just waited your way through. Congratulations, well done. Not proper titles, I don't know. Mm. I don't I don't know. Okay. So but colour of pomegranate. You sh- if you're inter- if you are listening to this podcast because it is technically called Shite and Sound, the International Film Podcast. <laughs> I highly recommend you watch yeah. uh, uh, Color of Pomegranate. Yeah. But I don't feel good rating it Shadow Sound because I do not know what I'm endorsing. I'm endorsing looking at it. Right. Yeah. I had a great time watching it. I think it. I, I'm, I'm comfortable call, calling it calling it sound, I think. I, okay. I, I think, yeah, like... Uh, for, for, I look forward to you being cancelled yeah, over this. On a technical level, I think it's just it's just absolutely incredible. But I've seen, like, this and Orlando this year, and both of them are like, oh, these, these are, like, the best, like, art-directed films I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. But, yeah, so I, I think it, it's... Uh, it's Blade Runner 2049. Oh, like, that, that's definitely up there. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I mean, it, it that's does... That's good. It, uh... But upgrade? yeah, so, <laughs> I've, I've, upgrade. And I wouldn't yeah. call it. You wouldn't be like. You wouldn't be like this. Give me the feel. production designer of Upgrade. Well, I think if if I had the sort of budget that Upgrade had, I'd be like, you know, you did an incredible job for oh, that budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, check hey. out Upgrade if yeah. you're listening. Check, check out Upgrade. Check out The Invisible Man. Man, 2020 th- two, two, two real good films I just want to put my stake in the ground now and, and to act as a tease but for our year ending the, the shite and sound um, showdown showdown for the crown for best film I I think Invisible Man is going to make a strong showing oh yeah it's, I, it's definitely up there for me as well um, it's it's right up there with you know my other favourite films of the year uh, Farmageddon the Shaun the Sheep film Tenant and Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> and Fancy Island, no. And Fancy Island is good fun. It's dumb fun. Right. One of the like, major running threads through Color Pomegranates is there's a whole lot of religious imagery, and especially like putting people into the poses of, of Eastern Orthodox religious art. And for quite a while, I couldn't really... But s- the people at church are sheep. They're well, literally uh, sheep. Uh, please, oh. please stop ruining the thing I was getting oh, to. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was football. Most of the movie, I couldn't really tell if it was a genuine. This is us like recreating yeah. this religious art to honor it. For a long time, I thought it was like art because he did religious poetry. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or yeah, it's like oh, they're doing like Andre Rublev, but crazy. Like, or, or I couldn't tell if it was like critiquing it. And then, then there is a scene where just, I think in in some ways is the, the part where it most feels like the Holy Mountain, where it it feels like a bit cheap. Where, yeah. where, where there's like a shot no, of like no, no, the, the, the sheep. sheep. Yeah, there's, there's a shot of the inside of a church uh, where just all the con- all congregation members are sheep, and I was like, okay, thank you for making it clear to me, the dumb person, that you're making fun of it, but also bit tiny, tiny bit obvious. I don't know, maybe in 1969, that probably wasn't as much of a like yeah, on no, the nose e- easy gag as it is now. It is a thing we will struggle to grapple with throughout our lives is the fact that we are post-religious people reflecting on, and uh, while well, we're still in an era of religious work. Yeah. It is just that the religion is no longer religions, but countries. Um, anyway, sound. I think uh, I think it's good. So, Finn, once upon a time I was falling in love. Right. But now I'm only falling apart. There's nothing I can do. But cast Leonardo DiCaprio, that's right, hottest actor on the scene, the year, 
1995. He's basketballed his diary. Yep. He has... He's quicked in, deaded. He's eaten Gilbert Grape. Um, and so what is there next for him to do? Obviously, Christopher Hampton, who uh, is a, a long working playwright in yep. England, long respect. Also a screenwriter. Yeah. Um, well, well, he got his break with uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah. Les Liaisons Dangerous. Well, I prefer uh, the original French title, Cruel, Cruel Intentions. Intentions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and went on to make a lot uh, uh of work kind of in that mode and he, yeah. he still does to this day and it is not to my taste and i think that in most cases is very distinct from it being bad right um i think there is a whole kind of trove of kind of uh ran affair recreations of the past and things like uh uh shakespeare in love and things like that uh which are beautiful and charming and great and old people will watch them and yeah. they're not vile. Which is not to say that this film is vile, but you cast Leonardo DiCaprio. Who else could you cast him as? A legitimately interesting choice is the poet Rimbo, mm. who is the opening title, uh, another trend across these films, the opening title of this film is basically like, so there's this guy, Villain. He's a poet. Everyone, Everyone loves, loves him. And this guy, Rimbaud, has just sent him six poems, and they're the best poems ever written. Rimbaud is going to be the best poet ever. Like, imagine if Amadeus had started... This film wants to be Amadeus so bad, I have it written three separate times in yeah, my notes. Except, uh, as, as, as far as I know about Amadeus, uh, you never get to see Solieri's dick. I mean, I can't remember. It wants to be wild, as yeah. in the Oscar Wilde film, which had recently been successful-ish. Uh, uh, meets meets Amadeus and who would you cast as Rimbo? What no? For... Paul Villain. Villain. Sorry, who would you cast as Villain? But of course, Professor Moody himself. No, nope. no, Professor Lupin. There we go. Sorry, Professor Lupin the Third, yep. the Castle of Cagliostro. Um, it's David Thewlis, hot off naked. Well, like two years off off naked, naked, which I think is possibly not having seen it for five years. For my money, the best acting there is. Okay. Uh, uh, I've 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 still never never seen Naked. Uh, Naked is a, a film that's st- the first ten minutes are deliberately very unpleasant, and if that's not for you, that's not for you. Uh, and, but the rest of the film is just people talking, and it's fucking right. It's fucking tight. Um, Mike Lee, he has a particular directing films that I consider quite Mike Lee, like M I K L Y, like it's like Mike. Like in the film, like Mike, with a little bow wow. Is um, Jonathan Lipnicki in that one? Uh, I'm. Uh, it seems like it. Yeah. I hope Jonathan Lipnicki's okay. Yeah, I think he's doing okay. I'm. Pre- I presume he is knowing. Uh, I'm, Twitter sure, I'm sure he's still got all those littlest vampire royalties coming in. <laughs> and uh, Stuart Little. Yeah. And Stuart Little. Duh. Mm. Uh, Michael J. Fox, final big screen. Does he die? No. Oh, I have a memory of him. Christopher Lloyd. No, both Z- alive. Zemeckis? Uh, not alive. Mary Steenburgen? Uh, alive, married to Ted Danson. Oh, um, Crispin Glover? Uh, alive, uh, lives in uh, uh, lives in a castle in Europe somewhere, uh, and makes, uh, 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 just wait until he gets enough money again to self-fund uh, uh, weird movies where uh, the entire cast has Down syndrome. Leah Thompson? Alive, currently the mother of Zoe Deutsch, uh, one of my favourite young actresses. Yeah. Cannot remember the name of the guy who plays Griff. Elijah Tom, Wood. Tom Wilson. 
Tom like, Wilson. Is he, Tom... He, he, he's still alive. He's a stand-up mostly these days. Oh, wow. Sounds like a stand-up kind of guy. Yeah. From, from, from what I've heard, he's, he's, he's lovely. So you've got Thluless as... Why do I keep forgetting his name? It begins with V. Paul Verlaine. Yeah, as Verlaine. And Leonardo DiCaprio, hot Leonardo DiCaprio mm. as, as Rimbo. What could go wrong? Everything. It's a bad film. Yeah, it's um, not, not, uh, not, not, uh, not enjoyable. I mean, like it's, it's not badly shot, but it's not like interesting to look at particularly. A thing we shared a lot with each other during the film is that it is somewhat of a miracle that Leonardo DiCaprio's career continued past this film. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it, 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 just like watching this film in isolation, yeah. you're like, yeah, how did this keep happening? Yeah. Then you realize the, this was the exact same year as Basketball Diaries. And he'd already got an Oscar nom for yeah. his crip face in Yummy Tummy Gilbo Time. Yeah, and like, I'm I'm sure he was already cast in Titanic. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because Titanic came out two years after this. Yeah, and it kept shifting near, mm. far, wherever he was yeah. uh, when Titanic came out. <laughs> Um, and, but I would think about it a lot. I knew Titanic was coming out. I wouldn't think about it during the day. It'd, it'd be every night in my dreams. I feel you. I hear you. And, yeah. and that is how I know you, James Cameron, making Titanic. Go on. And then in reference to the date, release dates, I say that they're near and far, uh, wherever really you are. Yeah. You, know the, you know that story about them recording that song in secret? No, because when James, when Jimothy Cameron was making that, being like, "I just need money to get deeper into the earth, <laughs> yep. so I can which, be the which person. we've talked about before, yeah, so I can be about the how he's <laughs> masturbated deeper in the underground than anyone else. <laughs> well, we haven't had any yeah. miners get no, we in haven't. touch. <laughs> if you're a miner who's masturbated deeper put, please, than the please, Marianas put, Trench, put, put put down your pickaxe. <laughs> uh, and your digging implement, your pickaxe is your penis, <laughs> because yep. something terrible has hey, hey, Here's the thing about you, Dean. <laughs> not, not a fan of subtext. <laughs> if, if, some, if, some, if you could just leave something implied, he says no. This shall be spoken <laughs> literally. And yeah, it is just everything... I will break down the plot of this film yeah. as much as there is. This movie is directed by a woman called Agnieszka Holland. Yeah. Uh, Can I just say that at this point in the podcast last time, we had not started talking about yeah. either film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and she, uh, I'm she, so proud of us. Yeah, we're doing great. She is a Polish filmmaker hmm. who worked a lot with Krzysztof Zanussi in the like, 70s and 80s before she yeah. left, uh, before she... Uh, she fled from Poland before martial law was was implemented, I and mean, then uh, she moved to uh, Germany, I think. Mm. And in in 1990, she made I'm a film, presumably West Germany. Yeah, yeah. So in 1990, she made a film called Europa Europa, which uh, ger- uh, while we were watching, uh, I I uh, uh, I uh, I erroneously uh, told you for that, that one uh, best picture, uh, best foreign film. Uh, it d- it did not. It, it it was uh, it, it was thought to be like like oh this is going to be like one of the big players uh, for 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 best foreign film yeah uh, and then Germany didn't submit it yeah instead they submitted its sequel Europa 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 yeah um where of course the, 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 a few years before Lars von Trier uh, had had submitted the prequel Europa yeah uh, and which actually came out the year after but fuck it what do I care Europa 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 is like Infernal Affairs two in that it's actually kind of like a prequel and an interquel so it largely takes place both before the Europa and between the first and second Europa so the full technical title of Europa 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 is Europa 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 then in brackets Europa then in brackets Europa 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 then in brackets Europa okay so (laughs) 
We now the first thing you should know about uh, this film's portrayal of Rimbo with uh, Hot Leo, the man in the iron mask himself as Rimbo, is that he is a real skater boy. He's a real see you later boy. Yeah. We're so, introduced to him on a train platform, w- playing chicken with himself, leaning in front of where the train will be, and then dodging back at the last second. He is constantly smoking a hilarious corncob pipe, yeah. the type I've only seen in like the Beverly Hillbillies. But he he's coming to Paris to meet up with uh, Verlaine, who's David Thlulis in what initially appeared to be a bald cap, but he did shave his hair. Oh no! Yeah. Right, also, it's, it's also before that with with, with, with big beard David Foolis. Oh, we get the text introduction. It's because it's confusing. That's how you think it should go. Oh, 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 we right. got the text introduction. Then we met. Then we met Rimbo. And then and, it's big beard David Foolis. And then it is. 20 to 30 years later, Big Beard David Thewlis, he clearly, they went to the wig shop and were like, we will have it all. Yeah. And like, including the stocks and they're like, everything you have on order. It's a crazy fucking beard. It, <laughs> it is, he looks like an egg on like a bed of very finely shredded brown it, lettuce. He, he looks like a wizard who's been living in a ditch for 40 years. Um, my line, the line I have in my notes is that this is David Thewlis's Saruman audition. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and and then, but that was before he took off his, uh, to reveal his massive bald spot, like the top of his hair is gone. Yeah. And like the the only reason I'm dwelling on this is because it's either clearly a ball cap, which it's not. It just seems like a ball cap. Mm. It's really his hair. So that the rest of his, there's no sense of male pattern baldness. It's clearly someone who has shaved a yeah. chunk of their head like a monk. And it's already like, and, uh, uh, and he's in the future there. It's at a coffee shop. He's talking to Rimbo's sister, yeah. who is like, I knew you two were close. Um, do you have some of his manuscripts? And then there are many people like there are people publishing his his poems. Yeah. We're like, we don't want his poems being published. We know you've got a bunch. Uh, you give them back to us. I mean, he's like, hmm, I'll go into my memories now. Mm. And then we then we see yeah, the, the movie. screen goes watery. Uh, yeah. and he says, I remember back then, back then. Yeah. So uh, I, I I know basically nothing about uh, about Verlaine and 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 Rambo. I knew enough that when they quote this does the Shakespeare in Love thing of a lot of lines of dialogue are quotes and even lines you wouldn't think are yeah. quotes and that's only because I, I've read probably a book each of mm. of either uh, and, and they're both they're both fine but old poets yeah. uh, and it was interesting that like Rimbo has always it, it's held up in this film as like he, he was the Johnny Rotten or yeah. the you know he, he was fucking shit up um, it's like as I see like if Amadeus yeah, started with yeah. a title card that was like Amadeus is Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, the best musician ever. Because the rest of that film does the job of telling you. And there is, I, I have to, I come with a specific gripe, and that I, I've been a poetist. Mm. Uh, um, uh, I've been, I've worked manners it, poetical. It's, 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 it's brave of you to admit that in public. I mean, it's easily Googleable. Um, I have been in quite high profile <laughs> uh, m- media wars over what counts as a haiku. That's oh, yeah, how much yeah, of a poet yeah, yeah. I am. Like, uh, I'll post that article on the show Twitter page when this episode comes out. Uh, that's, and, a, that's a fun article. And a particular thing I hate a lot, I used to read it a lot in plays and um, and you see it in films as well as like film, narratives about poets where they keep being like, this fucking guy yeah. is the best fucking poet. And then you hear the poet and you're like, it's fine and it is it is the daffodils thing Mm. of going like this is the saddest moment ever and you're like "Uh, no you're fine and so essentially 
um, DiCaprio arrives uh, in Paris back in the past, uh, and it's uh, Dickens' vision of Paris. Like there, there are kids scrapping yeah. with rats for e- food. E- e- every like fourth person has had like a leg cut off and they're on crutches. Um, uh, which is which is a flash forward, um, and so of course he arrives at Villain's house and is like, "Hi, I'm here to stay." And oh, uh, uh, and, and like, as he like get, gets off the train and starts walking downstairs, like through the streets, he walks past a man in a top hat who's David Foolis, and he just turns to him and goes, Rah! He does this a lot. Uh, there, there's a point very soon where uh, he's yeah, looking the, through the, a this, library. This movie is full of gurning. Um, where he's. He, yeah, it yeah. is stacked to the rafters with facial poses yeah. uh, in a way that is just not... And here is the thing that we can't just keep saying, but this whole thing feels phony and fake. Yeah. Like, it feels like... Did you see Tulip Fever? Uh, no. Uh, Tulip Fever... I, I could not bring myself to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's a historical romance that that's, that's very bad mm. about uh, the time when... Uh, it's, yeah, and right, where, yes. where the tulip market, and specifically the tulip futures market, yeah, had pe- gone pe- People insane. were investing so much money in, in tulips. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like, it was the main commodity was, was, was tulips. And that's a really interesting idea for mm. a film, and it is, it's just fake, phony, and boring throughout, yeah. in a way where, like, Leo is trying so hard to be like, I'm a crazy punk and like David Lewis is doing something Mm. but this film is so clearly torn it's so clearly like like Amadeus is a film about Salieri and and whenever you see Amadeus you're like shit Mozart is not in this film he's not not and like hooray for Tom Hulse Hulse it doesn't matter Uh, he's great good laugher love the laugh not irritating at all I, I get that that's the joke anyway but it's like they took this film that is clearly supposed to be about Flewless and about how Verlaine is uh, essentially a sexual predator uh, um, grooming people, mm. uh, uh, including Rimbaud and his his current wife, who's an 18-year-old, uh, who's, of course, naked in the film, uh, which is just so, ah, oh, it was so cool. And there's just so much, there's so much sex in this film that is clearly like, oh, it's an adult film. It's, it's just there to be like, oh, look. And so you can't even be excited when there's like some nice gay sex and you're just like, you're just having this because this is what films like this have. You don't want to enjoy oh, that. I'm 100% sure that DiCaprio insisted on that. He's like, I've already made a movie this year where I had sex with Sharon Stone and now, <laughs> and I, wanna, now, now I insist that I top David Foolis. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's like uh, I'm, I'm not sure anyone's ever had that good a year. <laughs> Yeah, congrats, it's, it's Leo. Like, not enough. I was peak Sharon Stone and uh, and, and and like David Bowie at his grimiest. And that's why he was twenty when he made this film. Yeah. He looks fourteen. He, he does, uh, and uh, it, it's very weird in both movies that he has uh, that he has uh, sex yeah. scenes with people who are clearly in their thirties. Well, and that's why he will now not date anyone under the age he was when he made these films. Stop it, Leo, please. Um, it's just gross. Yeah. Have you seen that bit? It goes around Twitter pretty regularly of a guy doing stand-up as Jerry Seinfeld only doing material oh, about yeah, how yes, his daughter I, is 17 years old. Uh, it's good. Check it out. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, 
Rimbo turns up to Valaine's house, um, meets the family. They're boring. You don't need to care about them. But he's all, he's such a skater boy. They're like, how are you doing? He's like, I need a piss. Yeah. And then they're like, they're all having dinner and it, it's rowdy. And they're like, come and he, to and a he's like, And he's like lighting his, he's like lighting his pipe during dinner. Yeah. And he's a bad boy. Well, uh, so. Um, and, and, and Valaine, li- like, Valaine all this time is watching uh, Rimbo be like, oh, I need a piss. This is shit. I don't want to read my poetry. I don't want to do what other poets do. Yeah. And Valaine is always like, giving these like sly. He's, he's just sort of smiles. staring at him and being like, yes. <laughs> yeah. and, yes. Uh, and and, and uh, it's really established that Rimbo is 16 in this scene, yeah. like uncomfortably. I was like, my finger was going to get to it. I've never read any any poetry by Berlin or Rambo, but I've always kind of felt felt like I should because like so so many of my my favorite musicians and like those two were like such a big influence on on, on punk music and especially the like New York uh, punk scene. Uh, in, in the the ban- non problematic punk scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah like in, in the band that was tel- definitely also a problematic punk scene. Yeah, sorry. in the band Television, which is one of my favorite bands, the lead singer and guitarist, he like renamed himself Tom Berlin, guy called Richard Hell, who took his last name from from the Rimbo book a season in hell and also styled his hair after after Rimbo uh, there's, there's also uh, 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 there's also a French one who moved to New York and became a part of that scene who was called Lizzie Mercier de Clou who also styled her hair after Rimbo there's Patty Smith who who named she Rimbo and is very influenced by by symbolist poetry and so I, I I've always felt like I should read those guys and watching this movie did make me feel like I should if it made me want to read them more just so I can get the taste of this movie out of my well, mind yeah so like this isn't my only association with those two I do and and it is, as much as this is a film that shouldn't be about Rimbo but yeah. because of Leo's celebrity at the time when the, the, this film finally got its wide non-art house release um, in the wake of the success of Titanic and it was entirely mm. marketed on uh, Leo and uh the actress who plays David Thalulis's wife as if they fell in love when th- do they share a scene? Maybe two. But uh, like it, yeah, yeah, they're in two scenes And together. so instead of being about like this visionary victim of a marauding sex pest, like this film's view of Verlaine is negative. Uh, and David Thalulis, when he doesn't look like a Babylon 5 character, um, is doing like... He plays this person who's like, there's like something like borderline personality going on. Yeah. Think like he will have an argument and then just become immeasurably cruel. And it is like, it's precisely the kind of work that makes Naked an incredible performance. But in this boring film, which has no sense of like, there was a point where I said, I want to make, I want to go make coffee. But then I'll have to pause the film when I'm frightened. We're only about half an hour in. And we were about an hour in, yeah. I think, at, uh, at that point. And I think part of that is because the conflict is entirely like event, like end of first act, Valaine and um, Rimbo kiss and then implicitly sleep together. Mm. And then they're, they're kind of in love, um, even though. Even in, in 1995, you'd be like, no, do, like, he's being manipulated by the man with power. Um, uh, and then they'll have an argument, and during the argument, one of them will suddenly declare that they don't care at random. And, 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 and storm out. And storm out. And, and then, then the other one will spend 10 minutes trying to get them back. And then that scene will repeat, and it's that yeah. for two hours. Yeah. And, it, and it is, there are, like, there are a couple of bits where Rimbo goes back to his home farm, which... Like the scenery changes, but it is. We found this film because we looked up worst poetry films, <laughs> yeah. and it was number one. And it's hard to disagree with that. Um, 
and like yeah breaking down the story apart from the fact that like they don't really quite end up together and the conflict between being found out as as gay in the past would of course be a real problem mm. and it's still a problem now um uh, the, the problem being society um and you understand what yeah, i'm saying no um of course uh, and, and this is the point where i was like oh no this is amadeus meets wild and yet it just has no understanding of the weight of what it's presenting because it's also still kind of trying to be a charming romance. Yeah. And that... It wants to be about, like, how fucked up and toxic this relationship is. Yeah. But it also wants you to feel, like, really sad about, like, about how, oh, they they truly love each other and all that, like, yeah. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it doesn't help that a lot of... Absolutely. And it doesn't help that a lot of how it uses, like, sex and romance in this is the most boring boys film. Like, sex and romance is power. Like, all of the sex scenes are like, I'm taking control uh, in a way that is just so, like, I just don't give a shit. And I don't know who would. Like, because I, like, this is clearly having a take on Villain and Rimbo's relationship. So I don't, this film isn't, did you see Mary Magdalene, the Rooney Mara joint? Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, that film puzzles me no end because it's not bad. I don't, I don't think it's especially good, but it's like more sound than shite. But that film requires enough knowledge of like the, a specific version of the Jesus myth yeah. that is like, it is only for people who were very religious and now are not. Right. Because it also heavily interrogates that thing. And it is like, who is Total Eclipse for? Because Rimbo and Verlaine fans, I do not think will like it. Yeah. Because um, as much as of the dialogue is either their poems or their, the letters they wrote to each other, um, it's still just kind of like it doesn't feel like it represents anything or speaks to anything. And if you don't know it, like, as you know, you're kind of befuddled. And if you're at a halfway house like me, you're just like, like, what is this? Yeah, like, I got, like, I I came out of this with, with like, with, like, zero sense of what their poetry was like. Yeah. Except that it's good, right? Or even, like, what the, like, major themes are. I I just, yeah, like, this this tells, if you don't already know which parts are their poetry, this tells you nothing about their poetry. Which is like the only thing, like which I, I wanted, to, I wanted to fucking find out about from this movie. Yeah, and the fact that you have to know that it's there to know that it's there mm. is like what? Yeah, it just seems so like every almost everything about it seems wrong-headed. I think there's a good film of Thuless playing Verlaine. Mm. Um, uh, it is not this film. It's not. No one gives a good performance. No. Um, but it is. Yeah, like, if this had come out a year earlier, Leonardo DiCaprio would be a revenant in more ways than one. Because um, he's just, he's so, to compare it to Artemis Fowl, uh, it's someone who is either not being directed or being misdirected. Mm. And it it's borderline like, yippee, wow, crazy. And you, you're supposed to like him. Yeah. But he's just irritating yeah it's well, he's not fun to be around which yeah. the film assumes and there's there almost nothing i love more in a movie than a person standing up for their artistic principles yeah and there are so many scenes in this where he's like he's like at a poetry reading and he doesn't like a poetry and he starts being like oh this is shit this is shit and yeah. he like takes out a sword cane and starts trying to like attack people and like yeah. this should be so far up my fucking alley but like it's just it's just 
Just like everything about it is like the writing of it is bad, the performance of it is bad. Well, and and the other thing which we cannot demonstrate to you really is just how much fucking gurning there is in this film. Everyone's just making faces all the time. Leo is raiding a library at one point with a candle and he gets very close to the books with a candle, which I found very stressful. Didn't didn't Um, like that. But then he just starts barking like a dog for like a minute and pretending to be a dog. There's a montage where they're being like happy together in the country where they pretend to be goats and it's like this moment of like lol potato banana monkey randomness <laughs> that is like perfectly 1995 in a way and you're just like i why and there's no and i understand making a film where there was one moment of them making faces that i kind of liked uh just because of how uh totally uh inappropriate it felt to the situation which was there is a part where where Boulain has decided he's gonna he's gonna leave Rimbaud he's gonna go back to France with his wife uh, and then uh, so they're just going off a train together they're, they're uh, going through like border control yeah. and then uh, then he sees another train pull up uh, with, with, with Rimbaud on it and he's like oh he's back little scamp and he's like he decides to abandon his wife he gets on the train with, with Rimbaud and he tells his wife oh I'll just be back in a second his wife is on the train and and then uh, his wife sees uh, his wife sees the other train to start to pull away, and you you just see David Fuller's like sticking his head out the window, going with his, with his tongue out, his yeah, eyes his tongue. wide, like a face you would make to make a young baby laugh. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's, it's so weird. Well, and I like there are so many weirdnesses in like, this that like, I like. Like that that moment could work with the character, like with with that character or of him like. Like of him just saying it, and I'm like, yeah. no, I'm I'm going to be malicious now. But he's also, and it's just that weird thing of like, he's also the viewpoint character, and we meet him old and decrepit, and clearly patinaed with regret. Yeah, and so then being like, well, no, at like, but he's a monster. It's like, why were you asking me to relate to this guy? Why, like, if you're gonna make this film about Rimbo, make it about Rimbo and have him be the viewpoint character and cast like a comedian, like genuinely like this film with adam sandler would be better uh, as as verlaine no as rimbo oh okay that's that, that's a that's a well, big no, funny and charming like right. someone who is okay not okay, okay so, not, i was trying to think 1995 so, uh, right oh okay uh, like, uh, uh sam kinnison <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure who's a good young british comedian at that point like um stuart lee i mean no <laughs> Uh, Stuart Lee can barely play himself. Yeah, as the removal of like, of sketches from his shows has revealed. Look, he, he's he's maybe the best comedian in the world. Not not a, not necessarily a great actor, and he doesn't have to be. You know, I mean, not everyone can be Kevin Eldon. Got a caller? Hey Sam, uh, it's me, Daniel Kitson. Oh, uh, the best comedian in the world. Ha- Hi, Daniel Kitson. You 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 you're in a first place tie. Uh, uh three way tie for my uh, favorite comedian. Oh, that, that, that's interesting. Um, because I, I obviously love and respect Stuart Lee. Mm. His work's great. Do you use that? Yeah, of course I do. He's, I own all his books and all of his DVDs. He, he's a defining voice, and I love him. He certainly is. Yeah, that's a smart thing to say. It's me again, Daniel Kitson. But would you? It's not like it's not saying that Stuart Lee is the best comedian tied with me, Daniel Kitson. A bit like saying your favorite state of America. Is Alaska and baked Alaska, <laughs> one but a parody and extension of the other. Uh, anyway, that's me, Daniel Kitson. Check out my work. Bye. Wow, that that was 
was, How did that was, he that was get quite this a call number? from Daniel Kitson. Yeah, no. Damn. Him, Thomas Harris, we're, 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 getting, we're getting some big calls. <laughs> we get, yeah, the creatives of the world. Can't wait for Max Landis's call to cancel it. Oh, yeah, that's him. He's been, ever since we talked about Max Landis, he's, he's been calling in every episode. <laughs> Perpetually. We haven't blocked his number. We're, we're just going to let him keep calling. Yeah. We're, like, you don't block an American ultra, right? You can't. It's not no, possible. He, he's, if, he, if he finds out what we truly think about him, he's going to come in with his floating pirate ship full of children and sing Nirvana at us. <laughs> I like that bit. I like oh. that bit of Pan. That's the only part of Pan I've seen and it's ugh, maybe my least favourite scene in the history of cinema. Uh, and, and, and the Lex Mandis adaptation of Jay and Barry's Peter Pan, Pan um, when we go, when we first meet old Hooky Capto, um, it's a flying pirate ship, uh, surrounded flying by flying pirate ship, and they sing "Smells Like and Teen Spirit." They sing like, but they diegetically. sing yeah, but they sing it like a sea shanty, and yeah. there's just all these children singing this fucking slow down acapella sea shanty. It's legit, of, like, it like hello, hello, it's hello, how low? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's bad. Yeah, it's uh, bad uh, news bears. I feel about that scene the way that you've felt about all of Christopher Columbus for Discovery. Uh, yeah. Where I'm just like, it fucking, it fucking hurts and makes me angry just to think about it. The one last thing, I don't see this film. No. Uh, uh, the one thing I do want to dwell on. Like, uh, I, I, I don't care how much of a DiCaprio completist you are or a foolish completist. I, I would like, it's for the flueless complete, completist yeah, yeah. over the, the Leo heads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, th- the the Leonardo Defensky nah. Oh. Um, so what is that? Uh, just before they first get together, there's this big. They're one of many arguments about like why do you do art? Because art is beautiful. I write poetry because it's words. Words are not beautiful. Poetry is. And you're just like, oh my god, kill myself, burn down every bookshop. Yeah, I, I really hope this isn't what I sound like when I talk about art. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then Leo does a big speech that's like, I saw that truth was meaningless, and so I decided to become a genius. And it is just this relentless pimping to the audience of like, this guy is a fucking genius, and then there just being nothing in the film to back it up. Yeah. And it is like, like Blinded by the Lights thing. Bruce Springsteen is a good musician, but that's a film about someone who's immediately like, Bruce Springsteen is the best musician ever, and so every bit of Bruce Springsteen you hear, you're like, why isn't this the best song ever? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but as as I said before, my, my, my thing on Blinded by the Light is, you, like, you, the viewer, don't need to believe that Bruce Springsteen is the best musician ever. You just need to believe that he means a lot to this one person. Uh, yeah, where, I, where is the movie Yesterday? Like, that yeah. movie only works if you... If you believe that the Beatles are the best band that have ever existed, no, okay. Well, I've two. Like, obviously, that's our disagreement at yeah. the heart of Blinded by the Lights. Uh, uh, you buy that, I don't, mm. and I think it is telling that you're the one who knows more about Bruce Springsteen going into it, and, and, that, and, and that I know less about the Beatles and, and don't but, care about. Uh, them. But like yeah, yesterday sure. is obviously the worst film, mm. grotesquely flawed really worthy of discussion we should put it on the list yeah, there's a absolutely. bunch of shit to talk about but like the reason that film is good uh, is Himish Patel is an incredible yeah, no, leading yeah, he, man he's fantastic um, yeah he's just he's so good mm. he's so yeah he's just such a fucking leading man uh, and, and if they were brave they'd make him James Bond or Dev Dev right 
I've just had the thought of Dev Patel as James Bond in my brain, and I can't get over it. It would be so good. Do you disagree? You just don't care about Bond films as much as well, I do. Yeah. Uh, th- so th- like, imagine Tenant, but um, only the politics are traveling backwards like, in time. No, no, <laughs> my basic take on the, like, who should be James Bond thing is don't really think it matters that much. And also, there's a band called Idols, uh, uh, who a few years ago, uh, uh, they put out a song called I'm Scum. A line from that which really stuck with me was, I don't care about the next James Bond. He kills for country, queen, and God. We don't need another murderous toff. Yeah, like, absolutely. I enjoy the James Bond movies, you yeah. know, to, to a greater or lesser extent. But I, 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 don't, I don't think, like, that they are improved by, like, like oh, we've, we've got a person of colour as James Bond now. I, I, I don't think that makes James Bond better. I think the character's too, like, kind of fundamentally flawed. It's like a, a stab at progressivism rather than just, like, making a, like, an actually good uh, character for, for, for like, uh, incredibly talented actors like Dev Patel or Riz Ahmed or Himish Patel. Uh, nothing you nothing i've nothing you've said i disagree with but like to like and like absolutely a cab yeah and, and all caps all cops are bond <laughs> and, and we are also bastards um except no i'm not gonna make that joke i'm not gonna make the mr robot joke that no one cares about yeah to me bond is not a character at this point yeah, yeah like it's like don't read those books but like but yeah. um and, and like the biggest failing of Daniel Craig's era is an attempt to treat him as a character. Right. And, and what Bond is to me is the chance to make $200 million cool spy films. No, and, and, and the reason that I want the next, I like Bond is male. I believe I, mm. I think he's one of the few characters that'd be very difficult to cross cast because everything about that character would change. Um, Unless it was played by a trans man, like that could be cool. Mm. Um, uh, uh, and and that's why like the new Bond being a woman just doesn't make sense to me because the new Bond is a woman. Is the film Atomic Blonde? Check it out. It is better than any of Daniel Craig's Bond films. Eh. Skyfall is fun. No, but uh, and, and taking and taking Dev Patel or Hamish Patel or 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 Riz Ahmed or or Idris, or Idris Elba. No, no, but, but like Idris Elba is already cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, is already an idea of cool. And taking like Dev Patel is like literally got his start on Skins. He's not mm. uncool. Uh, he's literally the Slumdog Millionaire. But, like, presenting him as, like, no, 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 this is what British cool is now, is a is a is a is an Asian man sleeping with women and and killing things. It's like within the aesthetic, that's the evolution I want it to make. Right. Yeah. It's not for me. It's not like because every single new Bond since Dalton has been like, you used to be a real sexist, and now things have changed. And then Pierce Brosnan came in, and it was Judy Dench being like, you used to be a real sexist, nothing changed, and none of that changes. Yeah. What is important is. And they're going to keep making those films. Like, obviously, the real answer is, oh, no, uh, I, I would simply get Eon Productions to make three $200 million action films starring those three actors, yeah. you know? Um, but I, th- I think that's the thing they could do now in the way that, like, it's late for the Doctor to be a woman on Doctor Who, but at least, it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's part of the narrative and aesthetic. Yeah. Even Anyway, um, so... Total Eclipse shite. brackets not yeah it's shite because um, like don't, don't like you you you've you've never heard of this movie before this episode you'll never hear about it again surprisingly easy to find yeah uh, but don't let that start yet 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just un. It's just, it's just boring. It's and, just super boring. Well, and there's not even that like. David Lewis looks a bit silly. Leonardo you, you, you get to see his dick at one point, like, sure. Oh, yeah. But, but you can see that other places, probably. Yeah, there's a bunch of nudity, um, but it's not even, like, fun nudity. It's trying to be, like, gritty nudity. Yeah, in the scene where, where you see David Lewis's dick is because, like, him him and Leonardo DiCaprio are just slapping each other. <laughs> oh, that's right. They have a... Sl- oh, man. Yeah, it's just... Ugh. Yeah, sure. So what are we, we're watching Casablanca next yeah, week. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Nick, next week we are watching uh, obscure one. Never heard of it. Never heard of Casablanca. You seen Casablanca? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was in Casablanca. Yeah, so uh, we we are watching Casablanca, and uh, with that we are watching uh, the uh, masterpiece. Uh, w- uh, uh, w- w- one of one of the greatest uh, animated movies it's ever food made. Food fight. Food fight. Food fight. Exclamation mark. Food fight starring Dick's Dog Detective. <laughs> Sunshine goodness. A $60 million film. Is it the highest budgeted shite film? No, Godzilla. And uh, and probably the, the snowman, right? Who knows? <laughs> the snowman is one of those things we found out. You know, after reshoots. That was made for $7. No, that was made for $200 yeah, million. Yeah. It's a real girl with the Ted and Oh, I mean, also Justice League. I think, oh, like, God. Ju- like, we watched that, like, five days ago. Yeah, it's already gone. But, um... I was looking up a list of like the most expensive movies of all time, and Justice League is, I think, like tied for most expensive movie ever made. Oh God! Um, Wasn't worth it, and now we're spending another forty million dollars on it. You couldn't, you couldn't make it good with three hundred million dollars. What's another forty going to fucking give you? Because they think that the Zack Snyder's the Snyder Cut, Justice League the Snyder Cut. They think is going to restart interest in the DCEU <laughs> instead of just being like, okay, fuck, how do we? No, just, just just let those free movies be a failure and focus on the ones that people enjoy, like Wonder Woman and Aquaman. But but like they're not going to do that. They're going to do like at the end of the Batman, Look, Robert Pattinson. J- j- just let all of the Snyder ones be like be be, be like Louis Leterrier's Hulk movie, where it's like, yeah, forget about that one. It doesn't exist. Um, but in <laughs> that's a great point yeah but what they're gonna do is at the end of robert pattinson's the batman matt reeves robert pattinson's the batman there's gonna be an end credit scene where you know uh bruce wayne is uh busy beating a criminal to death with knuckle dusters made of his dead parents bones yeah uh, and then he'll hear like haha that's a funny joke from me, the Joker, and it'll be Joaquin Phoenix, who has like signed on for two sequels. Wait, really? Yeah, they're negotiating. Oh no! Can I tell you? So last night, uh, as we've said, was a time of great victory for the centre left uh, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, um, in, in in a largely somewhat troubling show of patriotism towards. Uh, largely empty figurehead Jacinda Ardern. Yeah. Uh, it was a time of great celebration. And so I was in a highly intoxicated state and I had one really profound thought, which is I've worked out why I like Robert Pattinson. Yeah. It's that if Robert Pattinson, if the movie rolls dried up, he'd, he'd just become like a carpenter or like well, a, have you heard his a, idea for a pasta restaurant or an accounts clerk? And he would, just be fine with that. There would yeah. be no sense of like, you wouldn't have Robert Pattinson constantly desperately trying to make a comeback or like getting a reality show. He'd just go off. Yeah. And that makes me happy. Tell me about the pasta restaurant though. Well, uh, so I, I, I can't. Is, I it ca- ro- is it called Robert Pasta Restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there, there was a, a big interview he did a while ago. I think it was with Esquire. Yeah. Um, that, where, that was the one where he was like, 
I like it that I could just fuck up Batman yeah, for all these yeah. nerds. Yeah. There was someone who was talking about how like he hasn't been working out or anything. All the yeah. nerds got angry at him. But yeah. So um the all, all, all those nerds, like like we're not doing a podcast about movies right now. But I but like yeah, there's, yeah. there's nerds and then there's like fuck you cultural dominance. Yes. Uh um DC say what if superhero bad that equal good culture nerds and like absolutely fuck off. Yeah. Just go back to mocking people for comparing things to Harry Potter while you're like, oh, Trump's like dark side. Why don't you just go gargle on your own farts? So uh, at one point during during that interview, he starts talking about like, about how he's had this idea for for a pasta restaurant, yeah. and he's like he's like broken his microwave trying to trying to invent this new type of pasta. Oh my god! I can't I can't remember any of the specifics, but it's a fucking <laughs> fantastic interview. Um, oh man, I hope he's a good man. Yeah. Uh, so our theme song <laughs> is the Nux by Kazam Blam. Uh, you can find me at Youth Lives Twitter, Instagram. I'm Instagramming some more. Sign up for my newsletter at bish.ly slash Youth Lives. You can find the show on Twitter at uh, Shite Sound Pod. You can email us at uh, Shite Sound Pod at gmail.com. And check out our website at shiteandsound.com. And check out my other podcast. It's a radio adventure series called The Witching Hours. There's going to be a whole lot of it uh, coming. Well, it'll, it'll be, they'll be com- it'll, it'll they've be been there. recorded, yep. but they'll be coming out. Be I'm coming about, out. We're, ba- we're front loading some episodes because I'm about to go down to Wellington mm-hmm. to uh, record them. They'll be good fun. Movies are good, even bad ones. Go, go watch them. Yeah, I've seen, uh, there's a popular YouTube video. You can find YouTube at https colon slash slash www. No, don't worry about it. That's gone. Yep. The de- the fun, <laughs> Finn's face died too quickly for it to be fun. <laughs>